Hi, this is Derek from Atlanta. Unlike Bob, I am a former law enforcement officer, but I still enjoy listening to a practical show by a practical guy. You're listening to the Handgun World Podcast. I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. And welcome to episode 556, coming out on June 27th, 2021. I'm going to talk about several topics today, and I think you're going to enjoy this week quite a bit. I hope you enjoyed last week my interview in the studio with Ben Branham of the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Keepers Concealment. They are the leading authorities on appendix carry and concealed carry and CCW safe, which is legal protection for those of you who conceal carry just like me and we need that. So check it out. If you appendix carry, not only is Spencer Keepers holsters the best for appendix carry, but the training that he offers, which I have been a part of twice, is fantastic. Check it out at keepersconcealment.com. And if you want to get the concealed carry protection at CCW Safe, you can get 10% discount by using the coupon code KC10OFF. And as always, in the show notes, I put all of this in case you can't make a note of it right now. But remember, KC10OFF is the coupon code. You can find all these at handgunworld.com. So, I want to talk a little bit about the sound of a malfunction. And then I also want to talk a little bit about weight, weight of a handgun. But let's talk about kind of like the sound of a malfunction. We know once you get to the point to where you are shooting long enough and you shoot your gun enough, you, you could be blindfolded and you can hear a malfunction. You can feel it. You can feel how a malfunction sounds and what it feels like. When you notice that your pistol did not cycle, I mean, it's incredibly obvious. You know, for new shooters, I've coached a lot of new shooters, and sometimes they don't realize it. They're shooting, they'll have a malfunction, and they don't even know. And they keep pressing the trigger, and oh, shoot, they get this this all of a sudden the light comes on but sometimes it takes a couple seconds oh no my gun is jammed now some people you never experience that because your gun never jams right ha 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 every semi-automatic handgun it malfunctions even revolvers malfunction oh yes boy i just said something bad there didn't i huh no bob you can't make me believe that that revolvers malfunction. Yes, they do. I've had a, rev, a, a revolver malfunction on me twice. I've had that. I've had them lock up on me. So it may not be as common as semi-automatic malfunctions, but they do. 
And I want to take a few steps back and talk a little bit about carrying an extra magazine. Because there are two reasons why pistols malfunction. And normally, well I shouldn't say, there's more than two. But the two most common are magazine issues or ammunition issues. I was shooting competition yesterday. I had two malfunctions. They were both ammunition issues. I was using my Glock 34. And how do I know that they were ammunition? Because when I started shooting factory ammo, I had no problems. I was shooting reloads that that I helped reload and made a few mistakes. Had some that were a little bit too light, lightly charged. Had a little less powder than they should have had. And that's what I couldn't cycle the gun. Couldn't have reliable feeding and cycling of the gun. I should say retracting the slide, ejection, extraction, all that was not good enough. And I could tell you what, I could feel it. I could really feel it. You know, all of a sudden I'm shooting along. I was having a real good stage. Bang, 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 bang. Shooting. It was all smooth. I was hitting almost everything that, that I was supposed to be hitting on the first shot. And then all of a sudden I just felt it. It just, the gun recoiled and nothing else happened after that. And when, once you train yourself to get to a certain level, you, you can basically feel and listen to how your gun runs. That's, that's where you should get to, folks. You should be able to shoot your gun enough that you know in a split second that you've had a malfunction. I just tap, rack, got back into the game, and in about a half a second I had that malfunction cleared because I've trained myself to do that thousands of times. That's the other thing. You need to train yourself thousands of times how to clear malfunctions. The absolute worst time to have a malfunction is if you have to use your gun to save your life. Would you agree? I mean, that's the worst time. I sure hope you'd agree with that. And you never know when that's going to happen. Anybody that can say that they can absolutely 100% of the time predict when the malfunctions are going to happen, I think you're wrong. And again, the worst time is if you're depending on that firearm to, oh no, save your life or save the life of a loved one that happens to be with you. So get your malfunctions out of the way on the practice range, in a competition match, in a defensive training class. That's where you get the malfunctions out of the way. And you can feel them and you can hear them. That your gun just sounds different. When you fire it and it and it, when it when it cycles, it just sounds a little bit different. Speaking of training classes, Ben Branham and I in San Antonio and in Dallas this fall, we're going to be teaching pistol fighting dynamics. It's an improved version of Beyond Concealed Carry. So all of you folks over the years that have taken Beyond Concealed Carry from us, come to Pistol Fighting Dynamics. We, we've changed it up a lot. Ben and I spent, when he was in studio last week with me, we spent quite a bit of time kind of reworking and rethinking our class. September 25th and 26th in San Antonio area. October 16th and 17th, I think it is, in Dallas. Uh, I shouldn't say Dallas. It's in Waxahachie, which is south of Dallas, roughly an hour. And 
Folks, if you're in North Texas, anywhere, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Northern Louisiana, come to North Texas and train with us. If you're in South or Central Texas, Southern Louisiana, whatever, come train with us. Check out the dates, handgunworld.com. There are early bird specials available. If you get signed up real soon, you can get a huge discount. Go to handgunworld.com or modernselfprotection.com. If you happen to listen to Ben Branham's podcast, you will see both of these classes classes listed right on our website. And we'll teach you how to effectively deal with the malfunctions. Now, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, but we will. We'll spend some time. And we're going to practice it a little bit on each of those days. We're going to practice teaching you how. And that's more important, I think. I'm going to say something again, controversial, but I've said it many times. It's more of an important reason to carry a spare magazine than it is to reload in a gunfight. Because if you have been listening to me for a while, a couple months back, I had John Correa from Active Self-Protection on this show. And he basically laid it all out for us. Go back and listen to that. Search John Korea on handgunworld.com. Search for that podcast, and I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes. He laid it all out. That having to reload and put more ammunition in your gun to win the fight is so rare that it's almost not even worth trying to figure out. So when you practice your skills, I'm not saying don't become a good reloader. And when I say reloader, I mean reloading your handgun. Because, I mean, if you want to learn how to be a good competitive shooter, you got to reload efficiently. And you got to know when to reload. And, of course, if you have a malfunction, if, right? If you carry a Glock, you never have a malfunction, though, right? <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. If you carry a, a Glock, you're still going to have a malfunction. Anybody that carries a Glock, anybody shoots a Glock that says they don't have any malfunctions, they're not telling you the truth. Or they haven't shot their gun very much. Any handgun, I don't care what it is, Glock, Smith & Wesson M&P, H&K, Ruger, Sig Sauer, you name it, they malfunction. Either due to ammo, either due to the shooter, either due to the magazine, Last Saturday, I know it was ammo because when I put factory loaded ammo in my gun, it ran fine. No malfunctions through two stages, two competition stages. So I know it had to have been ammunition related. And I know that it was. But man, that the, the feel and the sound of the gun just changes uh, incredibly. Uh, and you know, if you do enough shooting, you kind of get... I, how do I explain this? In tune with the firearm and with the ammo and with what you're doing. It becomes in instinctive. You know, you learn about a flash sight picture. You learn about how to shoot on the move. You learn about a quick draw in the 5x5x5 five by five by five drill that I talked about a couple weeks ago. How to draw efficiently and get those first rounds on target and make those hits because that's what wins the gunfight. He or she who can draw efficiently get those first two to five rounds on target. Hold, let's hope it's over by then, right? Let's hope if you draw your gun, it's over. But if you have to use it, you got to be prepared for that. Don't you think? I mean, you got to be prepared for that. 
if you have to use it. So are you prepared? And if you have that fatal malfunction, do you know what to do so that maybe it's not a fatal moment for you? We have to think about what happens if we have to use our gun. I know it's a negative. Nobody wants to think about that, right? Nobody really wants to deal with that, do they? I don't. Do you? I mean, do you really want to do that? I hope not. I hope that you learn to de-escalate the fight as much as you can. I've done a podcast on that. Search de-escalation over at Handgun World. You know, this is episode 556, so I got a lot of topics out there that I have created and produced. So go back and listen to some of those. But de-escalate first. But if you have no other choice, and that's what we prepare for, we're preppers, folks. If you carry a gun, you're a prepper. You're a survivalist. I'm sorry, but you are. Nothing wrong with being a survivalist or a minimalist or someone who's prepared. Nothing wrong with that. Just accept it. Deal with it. If you put a seatbelt on when you're driving your car, you are a survivalist. If you have more than two or three weeks worth of food in your refrigerator or your freezer, you are a survivalist. If you own a generator, you are a modern-day survivalist. You learn to do what you can with what you have wherever you are. And I've said that for a long time. Do what you can with whatever that you happen to have wherever you are, but be good with it. Because when I say do what you can, well, how good are you? How good are you at doing with or doing something, being effective with whatever it is that you happen to have at that moment when the stink hits the fan? That's what I'd like to suggest that you learn to perfect. And then you have to not only do what you can, but with whatever that you happen to have. What do you have? What I've talked about it before. When I did my uh, episode a couple weeks ago on mouse guns, Maybe that's all you have is a little mouse gun. For those of you who don't know, we, we call them mouse guns. That's kind of our nickname for them. They're little tiny pistols, little tiny pocket size. Most of them are 380. Sometimes they're 32. Sometimes they're 22. Sometimes they're real small little 9 millimeters. They're easy to pocket or they're easy to carry way deep inside the waistband so that they absolutely cannot be detected. If that's all you have, how good are you with that? little weapon think about that if you have no gun if you're not carrying maybe maybe at that point you're not carrying for whatever reason what do you have with you do you have a knife do you have a pen do you have a flashlight i have all three of those do you know how to use those i carry those without exception i've got a knife a pen a flashlight and a firearm do you know how to use those Do you know the techniques? Have you been trained on that kind of stuff? So that's learning to not only do what you can, but it is with whatever you happen to have. And then wherever you are, you don't know where you're going to be. Right? When, When that terrible moment comes, when the stink hits the fan, when there's some kind of a situation that you've got to save your life where are you where are you going to be have you thought all that through you're not always going to be in your house you might be out on the street you might be in your vehicle you could be driving somewhere and all of a sudden in today's day and age a riot breaks out because there's all kinds of reasons people riot these days that's no secret what if you find yourself in the middle of a violent armed riot going on 
That's where you are. So do what you can with whatever you have, wherever you are. Are you in a crowded place? Maybe you're in a crowded place. And you have to defend yourself when you're in a crowded place. Ben and I are going to teach that, by the way, in Pistol Fighting Dynamics. If you come to the San Antonio area in September or the North Texas area in October and you train with us, we're going to teach on that. Do you know how to fight inside of buildings? Do you know how to fight around barricades? That's wherever you are. It's wherever you happen to be. And it may not always be an easy shot. It may not be an always an easy situation. Do you know how to get out of that easy situation and make it advantageous for you against the bad guy? That's the thing. You could be in a bad position when something bad happens. But do you know how to get out of that position and get to a more advantageous position? We'll teach you that too. So come to our classes. And learn to feel the feeling and the sound of a malfunction because it is quite different. And it's amazing. I've said it before. How many students we've had come to our classes and right in the middle of a drill, we're teaching them how to do something and all of a sudden their shooting just stops and I look over at them and there they are. They're they're trying to press the trigger over and over again and they're, they're getting their gun sighted in on target again and they're pressing the trigger, pressing the trigger and they can't figure out what happened. And their slide is back and they got a stovepipe in their gun or they got a double feed in their weapon. They don't even know what happened. You know why? Because they don't know what it sounds like. They don't know what it feels like. They haven't been through it enough. For those of you who are members of our Shooters Club, we've got a whole video lesson on clearing malfunctions. If you can't make it to a class, come to the next best thing and that's our Shooters Club website. Shootersclubmembers.com Shootersclubmembers.com We've got like well over 85 videos on there. They're all very instructional videos. And we got a bunch of audio podcasts that we haven't released. When I say we, I mean Ben Branham and I. You're supporting both of us if you become a member of the Shooters Club for as little as $8 a month. So that'll be in the show notes as well. So back to malfunctions. Know what it feels like. Know what it sounds like. Know what it looks like. Know what a malfunction looks like. What is a stovepipe? Well, when you see that empty spent piece of brass that is in a vertical position and your slides jammed up against it, well, that there's your stovepipe right there. What does a double feed look like? Do you know what a double feed looks like? When the round you just fired doesn't get out of the chamber for some reason and another one tries to come right in behind it and it's underneath it and it's jamming it up into the chamber and your gun doesn't work at all and that's a nasty malfunction. But I've had them happen to me. It's not that difficult to clear it. You sh- in a second and a half, you should have that cleared because it should be a reflexive response. All this should be reflexive. Okay, when I say reflexive, you know, back when I used to do a lot of sales training back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, I used to teach salespeople because that's what I am, professional salesperson. been doing it now 35 years and I've uh, been doing it at a pretty high level for 35 years. It has to be reflexive. When somebody gives me an objection as to why they don't want to buy my product or they say the price is too high or I got to think about it or I don't make the decision or whatever it is that they say, I have a reflexive response. I've practiced it and I've trained myself for so long that it's, it's instinctive. It's reactive. And if they still give me another objection, I go to a different technique. And I keep changing my technique. 
Now, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes they don't buy my product. That's fine. It's their choice. But at least I've, I've made a chan a, an attempt, several attempts. Shooting is not much different, folks. It's a reflexive skill. When something bad happens, you know how to react to it. When you have a malfunction of any type, you know how to clear it because you know what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. And you've made this a reflexive response. And it doesn't take you very long to clear it. If you run out of ammunition, okay? I kind of consider that a malfunction because you ran out of ammunition. And you know why I say that that's a malfunction? If you run out of ammunition with most good concealed carry handguns these days, with the great capacity that are in handguns these days, I mean, you know, you have these uh, Smith & Wesson M&P Shield Plus, right? What is it, 13 rounds plus one in the chamber, a 14-round pistol? If you run out of ammunition after 14 rounds, something really bad has gone wrong. That's a malfunction. It's probably a brain malfunction. It's an accuracy malfunction. You didn't make the hits. You didn't know how to get out of the situation. You didn't know how to remove yourself from being a target. We're going to teach you that at Pistol Fighting Dynamics, how to get away from being the target. You know, if you have a SIG P365XL, like I like to carry a lot, 12 rounds in the magazine, one in the chamber, that should be enough. That really should be enough. I, I think I've, I've, I'm a serious malfunction myself if I can't get out of the fight in 13 rounds. If you're carrying a Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0 compact and you got 15 rounds in the mag and one in the chamber, that's enough. That That's probably uh, going to be enough, wouldn't you agree? So how do you fix that malfunction? If what And what does that feel like? Well, you, I hope you never find out what it feels like. To be quite frank, I really hope that none of us that are listening to this podcast right now ever have to know what it feels like but I should, re I should say that again. We should know what it feels like because we've practiced it, but I hope you don't have to experience it. I hope you don't have to experience running out of ammunition in a gunfight. I hope you don't ever have to experience ever being in a gunfight. But are you prepared? Do you know what happens? You know, it's like driving a vehicle. You know, we've all got our favorite vehicle to drive, or maybe it's our only vehicle. And we know how it feels like. We know what it sounds like to drive that vehicle. If there's a problem, you know what that problem sounds like, don't you? You've been driving that vehicle for so long. You know what it's like if there's a problem. You know it, something doesn't sound right. How many of you ever jumped in your car, started it up, and you took a, started the drive, and after about a minute you say, you know, something doesn't sound right in my car or in my truck. It's because you've driven it a lot. It's because you've practiced. This is the way that shooting needs to be. Also, it needs to be that instinctive, that reflexive. And it, that only comes with two things. Training and practice and training and practice and more training and more practice. Now, we're not perfect. We all make mistakes. We need to know how to recover from our mistakes. And this is not just shooting. But this is an everyday life. We need to know how to recover from our mistakes. You know, John F. Kennedy once said, a mistake does not become a problem unless you fail to correct it. So how do you correct the mistake so that it's not a problem? 
And if you think about it, in a self-defense gunfight, a mistake can be a problem pretty quickly, can it? But almost anything in life, it, a mistake can be a problem quickly if you can't correct it. So we learn. We learn all throughout life. Anything that we do, anything that we do, we make mistakes. No one's perfect. We make mistakes. How do you recover? The measure of success is not really what is your skill level. The measure is how well can you recover from the mistakes because your skill level at some point is going to fail. I've failed to make sales in my career. Many of them. I've had a lot of disappointing situations. A lot of disappointing transactions because I never I never made the sale. I worked my butt off. I did everything I could. I absolutely deserved to get their business, but I didn't. I didn't get their business. Now, sometimes it's not my fault. Sometimes it was my fault. Sometimes it was one more thing I could have done that was better. And I find myself sitting at my desk sometimes thinking, Bob, what, what's wrong with you? you? You've trained people for years. You've been doing this for years. The art of, of selling, of being a good salesperson, a good, honest salesperson with integrity. That's how I conduct myself. I, I, don't, I don't lie. I have integrity. My reputation is more important than making the sale, folks. And I say to myself, what, what did I do wrong? Well, I'm human. And sometimes I do something wrong that I learned not to do back in 1986. And I'm thinking to myself, you learned that. You learned that all these years ago. Why are you doing it now? Because we are human. And it's the same thing with shooting skills. You know, I mean, think about it. It's like anybody else that wants to get good at what it is that they're doing. Many people have to get retrained. Some people go to training every year for their profession. Some every two years, every three years. They're getting recertified. They're taking tests. They're taking classes, whatever it is, to get better. And it's all about repetition. Repetition's the mother of learning. I learned that, thank God, I learned that at a very early age. Repetition is the mother of learning. You really can never master something unless you repeat it over and over and over and over again so that whatever it is that you're doing becomes a reflexive response. The art of shooting, the art of defending yourself is no different. So what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And same with success. What does success feel like? What does it look like? What does it sound like when you're shooting? Well, what does it look like? You see those rounds that hit the target where they're supposed to hit. And it's satisfying. You're like, yeah, all right. I put those rounds right where they're supposed to be. Well, that's what it looks like. How did that feel? When you have success shooting or anything else, ask yourself, how did that feel? Try to recreate that feeling all the time. What did it sound like? You know, I mean, think about that. Especially like if you're shooting steel. I love to shoot steel. My favorite competition match that I go to uh, a couple times a month, we shoot a lot of steel. 90% of what we're doing is shooting steel. You know why? Because I get that audio feedback. And sometimes the steel is pretty small, folks. Sometimes it's a six-inch piece of steel put out there at 20 yards. It's kind of tough sometimes to hit a six-inch piece of steel at 20 yards. It's not easy, especially when you're moving. 
even the 10 inch steel targets sometimes are a challenge at 20 yards when you're putting yourself on the move now if you stand there at 20 yards 20 yards excuse me you should be able to hit a 10 inch piece of steel pretty regularly but put yourself on the move put yourself on a timer see the timer applies some artificial pressure when you're shooting our brains sometimes just go to mush when the timer goes off, right? We could practice something. We could go through the repetition 100 times and nail it 90 times out of 100. As soon as the safety officer presses that timer and you hear, shooter ready, stand by, beep. As soon as you hear that beep, your mind just goes away for some reason. That's artificial pressure. Now, if you think that's bad, if somebody's timing you, how bad do you think it's going to be if you're in a real gunfight? It's probably going to be 10 times worse that. The pressure is probably going to feel 10 times worse. Why? Because your life is on the line. My life's not on the line when I'm in a competition match or even in a defensive training class or even when I'm teaching. My life is, well, at least, at least I hope it's not. It's not on the line. But if it is on the line, I'm going to be in a freaked out situation. So will you. You'll be in a freaked out situation. And you're going you're gonna to experience a level of pressure you have never experienced before. So, you know, they say, they say you're probably only going to be about half as good in real life, in a real life defense situation, as you are on the range. About half as good as you are on the range. I would think it might not even be that. It might be less than that. In other words, if you can do something 8 out of 10 times, you might only be able to do it 2 or 3 out of 10 times when you're under the immense mental and physical strain of trying to save your life. So know what it looks like, know what it feels like, know what it sounds like. And what did you do? Whenever you have success shooting, whenever I have success selling, whatever it is that you do, when you have success, you need to know what did I do? And you need to kind of create it all over again in your mind and ask yourself, okay, what did I do that created the success? How did I draw my gun? Where was my gun position? When did I press the trigger? How smooth was my trigger press? When this malfunction happened and I cleared it in half a second and kept in the fight, what did I do? Break it all down. Think through it in your head. We'll do that in class with you. But even if you're in a competition match or whatever, and even if you join the Shooters Club or my Patreon page, if you want to support this show for as little as $3 a month you can support me, you can become a Patreon member. There is exclusive content on my Patreon page that I don't publish anywhere else. Patreon.com slash handgunworld. It's on my website at handgunworld.com. I'll teach you how to break some of this stuff down. You can watch some videos on that. And you can ask yourself, okay, what is it that, what's Bob doing? Now, how can I do that? And then you ask yourself, okay, when you go to the range and you practice, and you know what's critical? What's critical is try to, <clears throat> try to find yourself a range where you can really practice, not just a public square range. Public ranges are great. At least you're getting trigger time. But you can waste a lot of money on ammo these days going to a public range and blasting holes into paper and not really paying attention to what you're doing and not really learning much from it, which some people do that. How about you invest the same ammunition in going to a class 
or going to a competition match or whatever it is and really learning some skills. How about you do that? Find a range where you can do that. I have an outdoor range. I'm a member. I shouldn't say I have a range. I'm a member at a range that for members, they allow us to do that. Okay, we can draw and shoot our pistol. And for some of the members, they'll even let us move a little bit at the range. Move. And so we can practice. Sometimes Ben Branham and I, we find it in the budget. Or sometimes I also go shooting with a good friend of mine named Mark. Mark or Ben or myself, we'll go and we'll rent a training bay for several hours. And we'll train. A training bay is where they will let you practice these skills that we typically teach at a class. But if you if you can't get to a range like that, it's all the more reason to take a class, even a four-hour class. I've taken several classes with Carl Wren at KR Training in Central Texas. KRtraining.com. Check it out. KRtraining.com. I'm giving my friend Carl Wren a free advertisement here because he's a great guy. I've taken many of his classes He's been a guest host here on the Handgun World podcast before. I think I might even invite him to do it again sometime. I've taken some of his classes at the Rangemaster Tactical Conference. He's got good four-hour classes. You could probably get as much out of a four-hour class going to KR training than you can out of 500 rounds standing at the public range and punching holes in paper. You'll learn to know what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it sounds like to have success in shooting. Whether it's malfunctions, whether it's success, even when it's misses. When you're not successful, what happened? Know what it looks like, feels like, and sounds like when you were not successful. Analyze yourself. That's all part of it. Okay, enough on that subject. I want to talk about some products. Recently, I installed... Some Bob Vogel sites on my Glock 34, Vogel Dynamics, V-O-G-E-L Dynamics. If you go to my page, handgunworld.com, go to my website, go to my Amazon store, you'll see those products. Whenever I use something and test something that I like, if you can buy it on Amazon, I put it on my Amazon store. I make a little bit of extra money when you do that. Do your shopping at my Amazon store. You don't have to buy the products that I have listed on my page. You can buy anything you want, but please go through one of those product links. Click through one of those links, and when you click through that, you can shop for anything you want on Amazon. I absolutely like Bob Vogel sites. Now, Bob Vogel, many-time world and national champion, mostly shooting Glocks, so... You know, if if it's good for a world champion, it's good for me. And I really like those sights. Red Fiber Optic. My eyes are kind of changing. Red Fiber Optic front sights are actually better for me now than green used to be. And when I shoot a red dot pistol, the red dot seems to be better for me than the green dot. The green dot used to be better, but now the red dot seems to be a little bit better. So actually, I should call them optics instead of red dot sights. I should call them pistol optics because they're not all red dot. They're now red dot and green dot. And, you know, we can't just say red dot, but it's kind of like a common term, isn't it? But I love those sites. Bob Vogel, uh, Vogel Dynamics. 
Check it out on my Amazon store. I also have the Trigicon HD sights that I totally, absolutely like for concealed carry. And what's really cool about the Trigicon HD sights is they act like fiber optic front sights in the daytime, like when you're at when you're when you're practicing and training, but they're night sights as well. So they act like fiber optic during the day and then they're night sights. You can find those on my Amazon store as well. And it's just been great. Uh, been great testing these these items out and uh, I'm just I'll, I'll be putting out more stuff I'm sure there's also a Holison HS 507 C pistol optic that I've had a chance to shoot really like that really like the Holison Holison whatever it is however the pronunciation is they just seem to be great optics for a reasonable price you can check out check those out at the handgun world Amazon store as well some other products that uh, I want to talk about. This is something I haven't mentioned in quite some time. But how many of you listening to this, how many of you have an Uplula mag loader? It's a real easy to use magazine loader. And I know that might sound a little silly. That might sound a little trivial. But it's a big deal to have one of those. Uplula makes some great ones. There's another item I need to put on my Amazon store so you can help me out. If you want to get a little uploader, or you want to get a little magazine loader for yourself, you'll help me out by getting it through my Amazon store. Those things are, are hand savers, thumb savers. And you know, when you're, when you're doing a training class and you're going to be there for two days or even one day or four hours, you need to load a lot of magazines. And you need your hands and your fingers to be in good shape for shooting. Don't wear out your hands and wear out your fingers trying to load magazines by hand. Sure, you can do it. I can do it. I can load almost any pistol magazine that I want by hand. And I can do it many, many times over. But my hands will hurt after about the fifth or sixth magazine. So those Uplula mag loaders, they're great. They help you get the most out of what you're trying to do, which is train yourself to shoot. So you don't have tired hands and, and sore fingers. All these little things, it makes a big difference when you're going to the range. What do you have in your range bag? Do you have one of those magazine loaders? They're, they're awesome. I, I just I can't say enough. Do you have a front sight tool, especially if you shoot a Glock? Do you have a front sight tool in case, in case you have to remove the front sight? Maybe uh, like it's happened to me before. Maybe your fiber optic light pipe comes out of the fiber optic front sight. Now, you can replace that without having to take the front sight off. But maybe for some reason, something breaks. I've seen front sights break. I've seen them come completely off the gun, and you've got to put a new one on. If you have a front sight wrench, it's a whole lot easier to put a new one on. And it can work for a lot of different guns as well. If you don't have a Glock, if you got an M&P, you got a Ruger, you got an H&K, Springfield, whatever else that you shoot, or even a 1911, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to change those sights out? How easy it is or how difficult it is to change that out? It might be something that is it's worth considering. It's worth thinking about, even if you have to take an armorer's class or something like that on your favorite gun. Maybe that's what you need to do. I know I've given you a lot of things to think about in this short episode, but that's on purpose. If you want to get good at this, there's a lot of things that you have to think about. 
You know, for those of you who golf, it's kind of like golfing. You know, how many golf lessons do you need? Well, you probably need a lot of them. And just when you think you're a good golfer, you need more lessons. If you play tennis, just when you think you're good at that, you need more lessons. If you play basketball, you think you're good at that, you need more lessons once you get good. A professional knows that they need more training even when he or she thinks that they know it all. I'll say it again. A professional, here's how you know who is a true professional. When they seek out training, even though they think they know it all. So with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Remember, the introduction and the conclusion music in this episode, the music in this episode is by Aaron Lane Music. It's called You Ain't Getting My Guns. And there'll be a link in the show notes for that too if you want to check out Ozark Revival, Aaron Lane Music. Uh, check it out. Go to the link that I've got in the show notes for that. And please remember to take care of my sponsors, Keepers Concealment and Concealment Solutions. Use the codes that I provide. Handgun World gives you a 10% discount at Concealment Solutions. KC10Off gives you a 10% discount at the Keepers Concealment CCW Safe website. Let my sponsors know by using those discount codes that that I'm talking about them. It helps me out. It helps you out. You get the discounts. It helps out my sponsors. And uh, it's just, it's a win-win for all of us. Remember, folks, always do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Shoot straight, shoot safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. How can people be so blind?